Welcome back to the Dads Unplugged podcast, episode 22. My name is Nelson Osorio, your co-host here with my co-host, Sean Pace. Hello, Nelson. Good to see you again, buddy. Thank I you. am very excited for today. Uh, we have a guest on the podcast who has been a good friend of mine for, well, we just counted, um, almost 11 years, which is crazy. And it's yeah. even crazier how we how we met when I was um, working at a restaurant. But <laughs> let's, uh, let me introduce him real quick. Uh, Luke is a worship pastor at the Crossing Church in Las Vegas. He is a big fan of hip hop. You can find his contributions at rapzilla.com. He's also, for whatever reason, a Chicago Cubs fan, um, but uh, a great husband to his wife, Kat, and to two amazing twins, yeah. a father of those. Welcome, Luke, to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. This is cool. Wow. We I'm really not sure appreciate what I'm it. getting into just yet, but yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to have fun. I'll tell you that much. Uh, oh, boy. Hey, Luke, really quick. You. Can you give us a quick foundation of the age of the kids um, yeah. and, and family dynamic, career outside of, if there's anything outside of the church that you're doing? Uh, yeah, let's see. Me and my wife have been married for 10 years, 11 years, sorry. 11 years next uh, in That's a in rough July. way to start. 11 <laughs> years in July. So 10 years, like if we're counting like my kids do, you know, it's like 10 and three quarters years. So uh, Good save, good save. <laughs> and my uh, my kids are seven. They'll be eight in August. I have a boy and a girl, Dre and Lila. And yeah, they're twins. And it, so that just means our house is just chaotic all the time. We also have a dog, Rizzo. So you know we've got a we've got a big family. And it, it's great. It's great. So yeah, I uh, I lead worship. I've been a worship pastor for uh, like fifteen years, sixteen years, something like that. I was at a church in Denver for 12 years and I've been out here since 2019. And uh, yeah, and my wife, uh, stay at home mom, she was a hairstylist for a while and she's a stay at home mom and she kind of just takes care of the house and the kids and sells some stuff on Poshmark from time to time and you know, odds and ends there. So stays busy. But yeah, nothing, nothing really else. You know, my, I, I'm not a guy that, uh, I'm not a guy that lives to work. I work to live. And so, when I'm at home, I'm not thinking about work and vice versa. So I just try to be intentional wherever I'm at. And sometimes I'm some days I'm better at that than others. But yeah, oh, that's awesome. Can I can I ask about the twins? How you know, I have a, I have one 10 year old 10 and three quarters, like you just said, about to be 11, <laughs> <laughs> 11 in a few weeks. Um, how was how was that? At least in the beginning, you know, you're expecting parent and then two pop out at once is insane so it naturally happened if if you're wondering if anyone's wondering naturally happened so three years into our marriage we're like hey we should you know maybe start trying and first try <laughs> seven months later we had twins and i honestly people ask us how did you do it or like what was that like and i'm like honestly i don't really know it was a fog. Like we blacked out for like two years. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> it's just like, we remember that it happened, but we don't remember what happened. We have pictures of it. And so we can recall that we have some videos, you know, but man, it was just a whirlwind of stuff. And like, um, they were in the NICU. So they were preemies. Um, Kat tried to 
have them at 27 weeks and then we we're able to hold off until 32 weeks. So there were preemies, they were in the NICU for the first month of their lives. And then the week that we brought them home was the flood in Colorado. And so we were, so we, the week we brought them home, like three days later, we were without water and power for a wow. day. And we had twins on oxygen. Like at our, it was just like, so that's for instance, like we brought them home and that happened. So like, of course we blacked out, right? So yeah. <laughs> So it was, at first it was, is it was tough. Um, and then like, the thing is like, you you guys are parents, you know, like it doesn't get easier. It gets just more different. Yeah. Um, and so we, that's all we know is twins. And so our, like, I, I feel like anytime I have a conversation about being a dad or being a parent, I always have that one up card in my back pocket. And so <laughs> I always just try to listen to other people's experiences before I try to insert myself you know, and so because our experience is so much different than most people, right? Because we just look at singletons. We're like, oh, my gosh, you guys don't know how easy that is. That's a piece of cake. Like if we had one kid, oh, my gosh, this is a joke. You know what I'm saying? But uh, um, That's funny. The, the, the thing that I'm dealing with now as a, as a dad, I was telling someone yesterday is like my kids are seven and they're twins and they've only ever been around each other. They've only known that. And so it's very hard for me to have an intentional relationship with one of my kids mm. because they're, I don't remember the last time I was just with one of them for a mm. long time. And so this summer, Kat and I are going to try to um, take them out on individual dates and mm. just swap kids uh, just, you know, like maybe twice a month for the, for the summer, the next few months. So that's like kind of where we're at now is like, they're in this mode of like, I need this or I want this and just wanting attention from every angle and trying to figure out what that is. And are we giving them the right amount of attention or do we just have brats or oh um, are we, are we creating dependent kids or are we, are they just learning how to be independent? Like there's always, there's always something, you know, like, am I doing good enough? So That's, I don't know. There's always that. I think everybody deals. With I was that just going to say every, every parent typically is probably asking the same questions. You know, my, my neighbors right next door, they have two 10 year old twins, boy and a girl as well. And the fact that you mentioned taking them out separate, I, I know they do that. So though, yeah. I think once a month, the dad takes the daughter out on a date, dad, daughter kind of thing. And then, and then the mom goes out with the son um, and we've had those conversations. We've had those conversations really kind of more geared around, even though they are twins, I mean, their focus is they want them to be themselves and have some form of individuality in that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how your daughter is, but the girl, the girl next door is a lot more aggressive than the boy. Yeah. Um, she's like this superstar athlete, like extremely talented young girl. And, and that was uh, what prompted that conversation just they didn't want the son to feel like he was living in her shadow, uh, at least with they, their soccer kids. So at least on the soccer field and everything else. So it's cool that you guys are doing that. I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy spending a little one-on-one -on -one time with each one. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So there's a, there's a book called, um, code of, I think it's called codependent no more that, um, it's not geared towards necessarily parents and kids. Um, but it's, it's a book I've, I've ordered. It's on my, it's on my list of like 10, 12 books I'm trying to get through right now, but it's supposed to be really good for, for parents to help their kids at, 
um, different stages of life, not necessarily become more dependent, but become less dependent um, mm-hmm. on us. So I don't know. Yeah. That might be a good um, thing in all your spare time that you have. I know because you do absolutely nothing to to pick up that book and maybe <laughs> maybe read that. Yeah, but, you know, um, you know. One question I I had for you is your uh, for for those that might want to know how does being in faith leadership um, guide you in being a dad and and a father? Yeah, yeah, that's tough. I feel like I feel like I carry this like fear of failure um, pretty heavy because everybody knows like that token pastor's kid that they grew up with that was just like a wreck. Right. And so, (laughs) man, I don't want my kids to be that. And I don't know. And like I said, I just said, like, I don't know if I'm doing anything right, but at least there's something in me that wants to do right. And um, so, I mean, I feel like that's, I try to counteract that with, you know, just being normal having normal conversations with my kids, being intentional with them, showing them that they're valued outside of what I do as a vocation Mm -hmm. um, and having honest conversations with them as they come up rather than trying to be weird about stuff, just trying to be real and uh, exemplifying grace at every stage of life. Um, I, I have this goal of like everyone that I come in contact with would, uh, and, would, would uh, just see an example of grace, like anytime they encounter me. And so that's whoever I, and so that, that, that's who we bring into our home. That's who we have face-to-face conversations with. That's um, how I interact with people, you know, just in the aisle at Target, you know what I'm saying? Um, I hope that my kids see that example in me, even if I, you know, I fail as a dad and I'm just like shut off one day or I'm focused on something else. Um, that they could just see how I interact with other people sometimes and um, man want to live by that example, I guess. I don't know. No, I think I'm just kind of rambling. No, no, you're, you're not. It's, it's something that I've appreciate appreciated about you in our friendship um, in that I really believe you're an, an old soul because you're so much wiser than people that I've met and, the, and even myself, especially in, and your ability to hold space and give grace and be present. We've had, I mean, you and I had some very um, difficult conversations before, right. before you guys left um, right. to Vegas and, and since then, and you were, you and Kat were both. Um, and it, it, <clears throat> it was hard on me what I was going through, but it was so comforting to know, um, to know you both would, at random moments, just check in and just see. And yeah. whether Kat did it intentionally or not, some of the stuff she would post during that time on Instagram, I was like, I feel that. And she's like, I know. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I get a message from you like a day or two later. How you doing? I'm like you yeah. guys, you, you resonate and you, um, you have this way of, of being empaths with people and what they, and what they go through and that. And that is what I believe makes you such a great dad as you're like figuring this thing out. We won't know as listening to a podcast until like our kids reach to be like 40, if we did a right. good job or not. Right. Um, but I can tell yeah. you, 
you know, your journey is, is great. And have you come across other dads from like, is there like a twins like group? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Cause I don't have them. Is there like that you, that you as parents get to kind of play off each other from that? Uh, so early on when um, we found out that we were going to have twins, Kat got involved in like all of these like Facebook groups, you know, like there's Facebook groups for everything. Mm -hmm. But at this point, she, this was when Facebook was actually like a little better than it is now. Sorry. Uh, but like 2012, 2013, you know, um, she got plugged into this Facebook group, twin moms and just asking all these random questions and people supporting each other to where like there were a few moms on there that like she actually connected with and then was able to like meet in real life. And so that was really cool. Like um, I remember one time we were on vacation and like we went to Myrtle beach and there was a twin mom out there that saw we were in Myrtle beach and came and hung with us. Uh -huh. Like, so that's been really cool. I don't, I don't know if I really know any other twin dads. Um, uh, I feel like a lot of times as a parent, especially early on, I just followed my wife's lead because the kids were so dependent on her for all these things. Mm -hmm. And so then I didn't really know what I was doing. I don't think any, that's the thing. Like you realize whenever you get older nobody knows what they're doing. Right. Yep. And, uh, so I've just following my wife's lead cause she's a little more wise and uh, careful than I am. And so, um, I feel like that's, that's it. I feel like support getting support from just other dads in general is really good. Um, yep. I had this, I had this conversation yesterday with another dad who's, who told me, cause I kind of just like wear it on my sleeve. Like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm being good. You know, I kind of rattling off all this stuff I'm telling you guys. And they're like, well, you know what? Like you are doing a good job because you're the only person who can be a father to those kids. Mm. And like that, there's a reason for that. And I'm like, oh man. Wow. Okay. Like, like it's like, Man, I feel like sometimes God just knows what we need, but he also knows what our kids need. And so that's why he gave them us. And I'm, that's really hard to understand sometimes, but it gives me peace of mind, I guess. No, that's, so. that's that's an awesome perspective on it. I mean, you know, the fact that you're so aware, even just saying, I don't know what I'm doing, it's kind of the same. <laughs> My kid has a million questions. I'm sure at seven, eight, nine, ten, they kind of get into this point <laughs> where, where every, I mean, they think you're the expert in everything. And my son asked, and I'm just like, dude, I don't know everything. Yeah. Google yeah. or Alexa is going to be your best friend growing up at this point. Right. Um, but, th but they do look to us with this, I guess, amazement in the fact that we are older and know stuff. Um, but it's reassuring to hear you just say that you're comfortable saying, hey, I don't know. Right. You know, that you're, you're not letting your ego kind of just take over as a dad. And I'm sure like one of the big things we've heard from a lot of the dads that we've had is when they make mistakes, they're getting more comfortable apologizing to their kid and just oh, being, yeah. tra being transparent going, you know what? I, I messed up. I we're learning as we go as many books on parenting, as you'll read as many podcasts or, or YouTube videos We're we're kind of just figuring it out, you know? Yeah. Um, and we're human beings. So, I mean, we're going to make mistakes, even if we know the right answers, even if we know what to do. So again, extremely right. reassuring to hear you just, have that comfort just knowing that you're figuring it out and telling them again, I'm pretty sure even though they might not know how to interpret that when they're older, they they'll sit back and go, you know what? Dad did tell us he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we turned out. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. I feel like, uh, yeah, I love what you said. Like it's good to apologize to our kids, like to humble ourselves before them so that they see that we're just real people. 
And that's that goes so far. And I, I know I'm not always good with that, but I remember just the other day, there was some situation that we were in where I thought it was like pizza or something. And uh, we get pizza sometimes and my kids are like, oh, I don't like pizza, I want macaroni and cheese, right? And so then we got pizza one day and uh, Lila goes and gets the macaroni and cheese and she's fine. And then Dre's standing there like, I want a slice of pizza. And I was like, no, you need to eat the macaroni and cheese, the pizza's for the adults. And then it ends up being a thing. And then I realized, oh crap, he, he wasn't the one who said he didn't want pizza today. And so then I have to go to him. I'm like, sorry, bro. I, I'm really sorry. I, I misunderstood that. Can you forgive me? And so like, it's just a little thing, but I feel like having a little conversation like that in humility, like it, like unlocks something in their brain, like, oh, my parents can make mistakes too. So yeah, that's really good. What's Sean, what do you think as, cause you have the, you have older kids. Mm-hmm. What's the most challenging thing for you right now? Mm. Hot, seat, hot seat for Sean. Hot seat for Sean, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, patience. But that's, I mean, that's been my thing that I've tried always working on. And to give independence, they, as, you know, it's, <clears throat> as the kids have gotten older and, and my son graduated high school like two weeks ago almost, and Sophia's not that far, I'm 52 weeks behind him. Um, it's understanding that, that and trying to remember the independence that I wanted at that age and making the best decisions I can because there is social media when there wasn't um, when we were growing up to try and educate them. Hey, you have this independence. You're, you know, you want this kind of freedom, but also recognize whatever you videotape picture put on the internet is out there forever. Right. And, um, and as I told them, you know, the mistakes you make now before you get out of high school are easier most of the time before anyone sends me an email. They're most of the time, the consequences aren't as large as when you get older. Right. So if you're going to make those mistakes, make them now when your mom <laughs> and I are here to help and guide and you have teachers to help and everything, then as you become an adult and you make those big mistakes and you're like, did you tell them that? Were you mm-hmm. like, you're going to make mistakes? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. You're going to make them. There's nothing I can do about it. I can't, I mean, I can't wrap you in bubble wrap. I can't, you can't do any of that stuff. I can only give you the best um, advice and hope you make it the right, make mistakes that are smaller than the ones as you get older, the consequences are much larger. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's tough. And, and speaking of kind of of that, because I know you guys um, had family here and you went to Vegas, yeah. how has that for the parents out there that are looking at either taking a job that takes them away from, you know, long-term family and friends and to go to another city, how has that impacted you as a father knowing um, your immediate uh, support system isn't right there. Man, I feel like that was, and no offense to my family in Colorado at all, but that was one of the most attractive things to us, um, honestly, was going somewhere else and becoming our own family identity. Mm. Um, like one, like just my vocation, like I worked at a church and that was the church Kat grew up. She lived there. She went going to the, went to that church for 30 years, right? So like everybody that knew us knew her. Oh, that's, you know, either that's Luke's wife or that's Kat's husband. And 
Um, oh, and that, and they belong with, uh, you know, cat's parents were just always around and not that that's a bad thing, but I feel like this is a new chapter for us to just establish who the four of us are and what our values are and, um, who our people are and how we roll with life. And it's been, I mean, the first like year was great. And then we had COVID. And so that, but I feel like that would have been a weird time for anywhere we would have lived. So mm. I feel like, um, I feel like in a, in like 10 years or something, we'll look back on the COVID time and like realize how good it was for us as a family though. Probably the first time in my entire relationship with Kat that I was around her like 24 seven. It was the first Easter I was ever home. <laughs> uh in the entire time i'd been with cat like it's the first time i actually like woke up on easter sunday did the egg thing with the kids and you know man it was crazy like there was some really good things that happened in that you know when we have a pool and so we had like oasis in our backyard every day oh, that's nice. um, it was just good for the four of us like there was some really tough stuff that happened like the mental fog that we were in for a while the just groundhog day feel of it all and trying to coax our kids into doing online school. Like all of that was terrible, but there was a lot of good stuff too. And so I feel like it's just caused us to grow, you know, growth happens outside of our comfort zones. And so um, I feel like that whole COVID time was even another notch kind of like, Oh, this is where we're supposed to be. And this is why, um, because we were able to figure things out and learn new things that we wouldn't have learned if we were around family or if we were in our normal space, you know, it caused us to react to the world around us differently. Hmm. Was your wife's, when you guys decided to move, was she fully on board with the decision or was it kind of like, this is where I'm going and she, or was it the other way around where she was the one kind of pushing for it and you were, it was a, it was a definite tension for a while. So, she felt Sean's, like Sean's we laughing. <laughs> Sean was yeah, he's cracking up over here. Like I know what happened, but she was ahead. supposed right. to. She she felt like we were supposed to leave like three years before we actually did, and uh -huh. so I'm like very patient and calm and not reactive, and I wanted to be methodical and honoring of the people that I worked with, and so it took me a, a lot of prodding, a lot of like thought and prayer and conversation to just even arrive to the idea that I might leave. Um, and and uh, then whenever we started like talking about where we could, this was the greatest thing. This was probably the best thing for our marriage in the last 11 years was just that the, the time that we had to dream about what could be, where we could live, where our kids could go to school, what our lives could look like. Like it was really cool to look back on to even, even during that, I was like, wow, this is really cool. Cause like every day it was like, Hey, you want to move to North Carolina? Hey, what do you think about Texas? And then like going and Googling, like what, a what's the living situation there, what the houses look like. Like it was really cool to dream together like that. It's probably like a really unique time in my life because I've always had dreams for myself. Right. And so I, I've, Googled and looked into stuff like, oh, what would it look like if I did this? But then to bring my wife along and then have like the perspective of like what our kids are going to do because of this decision we've made, like it was, it was awesome. And so that time was great. And then, you know, how we ended up at Vegas is just insane. And like we, so I went, I went through this whole process with this company that was going to 
place me at a church, right? And I, I had interviewed at all these different locations, everything. But what happened is like the very last place told us they were going a different direction. And then like there was nothing else on the table. And so we're like, what, what are we doing? But then like two hours later, I get a call from a guy here at this church. Hey, have you ever want to move to Vegas? And this was outside of this company. This was just through <clears throat> just through personal relationships I had made just because of, you know, what I do. And so it was crazy because we thought we were moving East Coast. And then at the last you know wow. minute, it was like, nope, West Coast. And uh, we had no clue what Vegas was like. And so there was a lot of just thinking through that. And if you've ever been to residential Vegas, it's just a normal city, man. It's there's no billboards here. There's no, oh, it's really? just normal. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it, you you think of it as a certain way. It's kind of like, I don't know. I don't. I'm not even sure where you live, Nelson. But like I'm in out, Colorado, I'm out, in, I'm out in New Jersey. I'm okay. Out okay. The East Coast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I equate uh, the strip to like going to the mountains. Like, how often do you go to the mountains? And when you live in Colorado, it's like you only go there when you got family in town, go to Estes <laughs> Park, you go Breckenridge, whatever. Like, it's just a thing. It's like a, it's not like everyday life. Right. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. So that was, that was a little bit of what we had to wrap our head around and um, we're really grateful for where we are. So that's know. awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't realize you guys were contemplating kind of an anywhere scenario and then and then narrowed it down based that's that's pretty awesome yeah my wife and i have talked about leaving new jersey but there's hesitation that 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 reserve that you had kind of moving slow is it's kind of where my wife has been uh i run my business from home so i can kind of just pick up and work from anywhere it's not okay not that big of an issue but in in reference to vegas we're outside of new york maybe 20 minutes and it's the same thing okay. we, we rarely drive in to the city for even though the restaurants are great and and the we just don't really yeah, yeah family comes in we'll take them <laughs> and and yeah. wow them and then we come back home to the suburb and we're like okay yeah quiet cold de sack no one bothers us you guys are yeah. nuts i just went to the mountains again on sunday just because oh. good lord just um i'm just saying that's like this oh, guy. But you can't say you haven't heard that before, though, Sean. No, right? no. It's like we lived in Utah. I never went to Dinosaur National Park when I was a kid, and we were there nine years. So, I mean, all I, right, I, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. And you brought up a really good point in what you were talking about in in being able to have the dream as a family. And mm -hmm. how how has that been since you've accomplished it, and you guys are doing great in Vegas, and everything's going wonderful? What what do you dream of of next together? Man, I don't know. That's see, this is the this is the thing for me though, is like I'm never that guy that's thinking about next. And so like that was probably why that was so unique for me because it was like the one time in my life when I was free to think about what's next. Mm. And so I I I struggle with this like idea of just being content with where I'm at, but also knowing that I need to foresee or try to look at the future because you know. Like just for what I do, I lead a team of people and they need to know what I'm thinking about what the future should look like. So I have to start thinking about the future, but it's the future is scary. I'd rather just deal with what's happening today. And so, um, man, that's good. I feel like I just take that as a challenge, like that I need to think about what's next because I don't know. I'm just content and happy with where I'm at. So I think that's where I'm just going to live right now. But I'll, I'll take that and be like maybe in like a month or so then I can give you that answer. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> we, when we talk next, I'll look forward to, 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 to hearing about that. It's like you asked the question. He's like, dude, I'm trying to enjoy this. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking me about moving again? No. Um, Luke, the kids, are they... Are they into sports? Are they into music? I mean, you lead the worship team. Are, are they into yeah. any of the church activities that you guys got going on? Yeah. Uh, I just finished my first year as a little league baseball coach. How was that? So my experience? kid, so my son is seven. So you just imagine what that's like, you know, picking daisies, like rarely ever even facing the batter when you're in the field. And but it was kid pitch too. So it's like at, at seven really level. Yeah, man. Oh wow. It's intense out here. Like I got I was decent at baseball by the end of my high school career, but I never even set foot on a baseball field until I was 10. And so my kids already played. So I this is my first time coaching, but he played uh two seasons before this. So this is his third season, and he's only seven. And I'm like, and so I'm just like, uh, and so he he kept saying he didn't want to play. And then it was one of these last minute, his friends were playing. So he's like, I want to play. And then he, it didn't go that great. He didn't I was it. so proud of him for trying. He That's never true. got a hit. You know, at this uh -huh. age, the kids can't, the kids can't throw, the kids can't aim, the kids can't do anything. Yeah. And so he just, the most fun part of baseball is hitting and he would always hit in practice, but he'd never hit in games. And so mm. it just yeah. got really boring for him really fast. And so we'll see what happens next year. If he wants to do it, you know, we're going to be, we're, the, we're these families, like if you sign up for something, you're going to see it through the, till the end. And so, so he, he says go he wants to go to college then at this point. No, like, <laughs> oh, oh, you meant for the season. We reassess okay. now. And <laughs> yeah. uh, so he's saying he wants to try, he wants to try Boy Scouts. He wants to, oh, he wants to cool. sing and dance. He loves Justin Bieber. And so he's into that. Lila, let's see, Lila wants to get in gymnastics and things like that. She's a pretty, she's pretty much a homebody. She loves to read. Like she reads like crazy. She's, she's really smart and just really, uh, they're both like really good um, talking to people just one-on-one. -on -one. They're very perceptive of just life going on around them. And so Lila is into, she wants to do gymnastics and she wants to, she just loves to read and um, be around at home. And, uh, that's Dre right. is an adventurous soul, so he's always got to be doing something. So he's always building something or destroying something in the yard, you know. And uh, he he tries to get into sports because I like sports, but maybe that's not his thing, and that's going to be okay. That's nice that you kind of gave him the option, you know, as your first season as a as a dad coach. Was there how was the experience with the parents? Were they pretty cool on board with what you were doing, or was it a tug of war? I feel like our coaching, there were two other uh, coaches with me. I wasn't the main coach, but uh, I feel like the way that we coached was pretty, pretty easy, pretty chill. Like, and I, we're always going to compare. Maybe it's not a good thing, but comparing ourselves to how the other teams were coached, I feel like we did just fine. Uh, some people are way too intense and that just, <laughs> that's just not my style, especially for seven years old. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what the heck? Are we really worried about this stuff? Um, the interesting thing is like trying to live in grace towards the umpires sometimes. Cause they just weren't, it's all high schoolers, you know? And so yeah, they just yeah. weren't, they weren't really on it sometimes just explaining what's going on. And so I'll get a little frustrated and just kind of want clarity, but then people think I'm arguing, you know, it ends up being like this whole, 
then, so then that's you're, fine. you're viral on YouTube. You're Isn't like, that I, was, I was just asking a question. Right, right. Uh, and the crazy thing is like, so there's three of us coaches and the kids that got in the most trouble that weren't paying any attention were our three kids. So that's great. It was always <laughs> <laughs> Dre stand up or like he takes his, like they wore gaiters instead of masks. And so uh -huh. he would take it and like make like a ninja mask out of it. <laughs> Like seriously, and like That's doing awesome. like dance moves and stuff. I'm like, dude, pay attention. Are you paying attention? Yeah, awesome. it's always. So it was an experience for sure. Well, it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't think you'll ever forget it. I coached two years at seven and eight or eight and nine. I got okay. suckered into it. If you know, they'd send an email out. If we don't have yeah. more dads that volunteer to coach, there won't be enough teams. And I'm like, okay, fine. But I want to co co dad. Well, both the times I know the same co dad. I don't think he listens, but he he was like cool i'll be your co-coach and then like a week into it he's like what's up coach i'm like oh this is not good uh, <laughs> and, that's and i'm and i'm leading it and i had to come up with like a parents um parents agreement because i was not gonna have those parents because we had kid pitch but the coaches were the umpires and uh, i was not gonna have some parent getting and losing it i was like everybody has to agree to it and then i held <clears throat> cold dads to it but yeah it was interesting are you going to continue this as being involved as you're able to be is that i loved it like i it? loved it it's just if it's hard to like be involved in it if my kid's not involved mm -hmm. and so i feel like it's got to be a both and i would always i would love to coach baseball again but man if my kid's not involved he's doing something else at the same time I'm, that's always going to be priority especially because it's outside of like what i do for a job like this is just mm -hmm. fun so Got to figure that out. And I must have done all right. This hat I got with the gift card that one of the parents gave me. So, yeah. Hey, that's awesome. Nice yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, you must have done something right. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Nobody gave me anything except for a, just a soda. So, <laughs> Great snow cone. A hot, a hot, warm soda. <laughs> a, nice, a nice hot, warm soda for sure. So what are your, what are your plans as you move forward? Because you're still pretty young. Um, as as you i know you're not planning i get it but do you guys maybe gonna have any more kids or is or is this no that that's that is impossible scientifically impossible <laughs> we uh we took care of that a couple years ago oh man you broke sean's heart he's dying to be some kid's godfather <laughs> he is just like every guest he's like are you having another one are you he is man, dying kids, to be a godfather kids are awesome and so like yeah, but just the fact that we could have twins again, I just, yeah, we're just trying to be, we're just trying to be good stewards of what we have. And I feel like if we had two more kids, that just wouldn't be good for us. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that was the thing going from two to four was in the, was part of it. So we had to wrap our head around that. And then, so no, just went, Went to the doctor, had a quick doctor's appointment, you know, got got some things taken care of. And so, yeah, it's not going to happen. Smelled the burn. <laughs> smelled the burn. <sighs> yeah. I, so uh, one question that I'm going to steal it from Nelson. What, as you are a leader in faith and have young kids and and people do look up to you, whether you acknowledge that every day or not, what are one or two bits of wisdom you can pass on to another dad that's either a leader in faith or a dad that's has twins twins coming down the pike um that they can kind of take from that 
I think uh, it's good to not let busyness be a badge of honor that you wear. Um, I, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm someone who, uh, who works to live. I don't live to work. Um, I know that there's, uh, there's bigger implications based on, you know, what I believe and my, what my job is. Um, and so there's a tension in that for sure. But I mean, I feel like ministry is outside of like what I do inside of a building. And so my main ministry is with my family. And so if they see a guy that's just like always working or a guy that can't detach from um, what he does every day, then that's a guy that doesn't have priority for his family. And so uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm just a guy that uh, wants to model a life that's not striving for the next thing. And I just want to be a person who can rest. And so maybe, uh, maybe people just need to hear that today. I was talking with a friend earlier today, you know, he's dealing with like kind of burnout and, and I was like, sometimes it's okay to rest. Like you can, you can just take a breath sometimes. And even when you fail, uh, just take a breath and move on. Everybody fails. But if we continue to dwell on our failures, then it becomes an idol and then we just fail more. And so um, just know that you, every day you wake up is a chance to be better than you were yesterday and just keep moving. That's such a good suggestion for a lot of people. A lot of people don't know how to... I feel like the culture over the past decade was that be overworked, you know, strive for wealth, strive for success. And, and no one was saying, Hey, take, take a break in, in that process and enjoy some right. of it. Uh, especially right. when it comes to family, uh, it's very yeah. easy. It's very easy to justify, especially if, if there's some form of financial gain, it's very easy to justify why you can be extremely busy all the time, you yeah. know, and, and then look back and go, well, I don't have a strong relationship with my kids or my or my spouse, um, and almost and almost not even realize that it was choices, small choices along the way that you were making. Yeah. Um, when when you were, I guess a question I, I always like to ask is, if you had advice for yourself at seventeen or that that high school, you know, seventeen, eighteen year old, what what's something you'd want to tell yourself, knowing what you know now, um, if you can. first thought is like, it's not that deep. I feel like, uh, when I was 17, I just thought like every decision I made or every, everything just like my whole, like rest of my life hang hung in the balance. I feel like I was just like too serious about some things and just needed to like, you know, just release the pressure a little bit. Like there's, it's not that deep, right? Like there's, it's whatever. <laughs> And then the other thing is like, man, I, I, I feel like there's like this struggle between like um, being content with what I have. And so like, like I've said with you guys today that I'm just trying to be content where I'm at. I feel like it starts with like a heart of gratitude towards the things that we have and where we are at. And so when I was 17, I was always just anxious, like, and it was always about stupid stuff, you know, like about girls or like money or, you know, all this thing. And it's probably some of the same things we deal with even now. Right. Say, but yeah. it's, but it's, um, it's more about just like trying to live with a content heart. Um, and just being grateful. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like I wish I could just tell myself, Hey, just settle down, chill out. It's not that deep and just be grateful for where you have, where you are and what you have. And I, I think that's it. 
It's awesome. Yeah. So as we start to wrap up, we have a couple last questions uh, that we ask every guest. Um, one serious for me and one silly, and then we'll get to Nelson's just craziness here in a second. Right. Um, you know, I find it interesting as you are a leader in, in faith and you're leader in, um, in music at your church. You have most of the pictures I see you in groups of people from the church. You're not always at the front. Um, what do you want uh, your legacy to be? Man. I kind of already talked about that. I, I just want to be uh, someone that people think of as someone who led with grace and humility. And so, like I said, that comes with like, uh, who is in my circles, who I'm, you know, who I'm talking to, who I'm loving on, uh, who I care about. And uh, that just people would see grace in me that they would encounter when they encounter me, they encounter grace as well. Yeah. I think that should be my le legacy. Well, that's without a doubt. I can share that from my own personal um, experiences with you. Um, thanks. Thanks, man. Uh, well, it's, you know, I'm, I'm grateful and blessed to, to have met you and then I, I appreciate your friendship, um, on a daily basis. Uh, I know Thanks, I don't man. say it enough, so at least it's on record. So if you ever want to replay it after this releases, here, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can be reminded of it. Uh, a little bit of a silly question. Do you have a dad joke or a dad story that you can share with us? Dad joke. I got a good dad joke. Awesome. Uh, what's the difference between roast beef and pea soup? I don't know. Anybody can roast beef. <laughs> Literally took me a second. I was just like, yeah. So, oh. <laughs> so what? Thank you. Oh. There you go. That was awesome. That's good. Okay. That's good. All right. You know, That's, that was actually funnier than was, you know, dad mm. jokes have to have a balance of mm -hmm. uh, kind of funny, kind of awkward, makes me a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's perfect. Uh, I, I typically am allowed to ask a would you rather question. Oh. Have your kids gotten into that? Would you rather this or that? Do they do that? Not really, you? no. Not no. yet? No. Well, right. here's your introduction to it. So well, yeah, it happens. All right. Uh, it's very simple. You have to answer with one or the other. There's no both or none. And a little bit of a reasoning why you answer. This one's not bad. I think this one is probably one of my better ones. Let's see how it goes. Um, would you rather have telekinesis or telepathy? Telekinesis is the ability to move things with your mind. Telepathy, the ability to read people's minds, I believe. I think telekinesis. Uh, I think that the mental health that would be required to do the telepathy, how, how do you say that? Telepathy? Te telepathy. Tele tele telepathy. Telepathy. That's a weird word to say. Tele telepathy. <laughs> uh, the mental health that it would, re that would require, like you just have all these voices in your head or like just know everybody's thoughts, man, that's like too much for me. I think it'd be really fun to be able to move things. So let's just do that. Feels a little more safe. <laughs> it would be fun Sean what do you got I agree I don't want to get in people's heads that's right. just a landmine minefield that I yeah. would rather never want to ever be part of um, plus yeah I think it'd be I think it'd be kind of cool to to really screw with people and move stuff behind their back 
just to <laughs> just like in public, like move someone's chair when they're like at the food oh, court. Oh my god, oh, that's, <laughs> that's great. This guy just wants to prank people. Okay, you know, I mean, right, you know, I, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree. Uh, you know, now that I think about it, I'm like, I'm not sure. I want to get into someone else's head or let other people that deep into my own. So right. I, I will have to be moving some things and join you guys on this prank war. <laughs> uh, awesome. <laughs> well, Luke, thank you so much. Where can people find you? What's the best places uh, on the internet? Oh, on the internet, just at Luke DiMarzio on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And uh, you'll find me talking about baseball and hip hop most of the time and sharing pictures of random things I do with my kids or Peloton workouts. So there we go. It's a whole Peloton thing. Oh, seriously with the workouts? Oh, the shirt. I just realized that's what your shirt's. That's <laughs> just what I deal with every day. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so much again for your time. We really, um, really appreciate it. Very grateful. Very blessed for, yeah. for you. And uh, wish you the best of luck as you as you navigate things, if you have any more uh, experiences in life, yeah, you know, thanks, my, guys. God, my godfather chances are out the window. Yeah, with you crush <laughs> his heart, <clears throat> crush his heart. No, Luke, honestly, yeah, it in all reality, everything that you've the courage that it takes to get up and move your family to a, to a new state, raising twins, coaching baseball, which is the most courage, courageous thing I think you've done, honestly. Uh, <laughs> you know. I look forward to just kind of following your social media and just, you know, it, the fact that you and your wife are planning on having these one-on-ones with the twins separately. Like I'd love to kind yeah. of follow that journey and feel free to reach back out yeah. to us and come back and give us a, a 15 minute update. We haven't, we All haven't right, had cool. one yet, but I think that'd be pretty cool, especially after those one-on-one dates. You know, a lot of parents that have twins might not even be thinking that, that that might be yeah. a healthy opportunity for the parents and for the kids. So definitely yeah. look forward to, to that journey and good luck with everything that you got going on already. All right. Thank you. Yeah, this was cool guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Everyone, please follow Luke, ask him lots of questions, follow his riding a thon on Peloton and uh, subscribe to our podcast. So we'll see you guys all next time. Have a good day.